0: Finding Purpose: The Song of My Life, The Joys of Spring, Episode 83. Welcome back friends. What better way to start off our second spring in Munich than with more parties? One was a wedding and our little family had three birthdays coming up. As a fellowship, we were really getting good at planning parties and for the coming months, they would all be happy occasions. And we rejoice with Brian and Christine. They had a healthy baby boy and moved into the downstairs apartment. With some flowers and a car, the sisters welcomed her home saying, please let us know if you need any help. Daniel and Susan were going to be the first couple of the team to get married in Germany. They were able to book the chapel at the American base for their wedding, which included a multi-purpose hall for the reception. Many of our friends worked and led a Bible study at the base. It was a familiar area for them. I think Susan also bought her wedding dress, bridesmaid dresses, and flower bouquets there. We could have been a wedding planner business in those days. All of the preparations were taking place in our house. We had cooks, Cake makers, musicians, and singers, and were good at organizing such productions. The house was bustling with excitement. Judy and Randy were practicing a song. The sisters, Dogmar, Sonia, and Regina, were upstairs learning a new song with their guitar and a tambourine. One of the German guys that played accordion was practicing Bavarian music in the brothers' dorm. This was going to be a family affair. Even the children were involved. My job was to supervise the flower girls. Naomi was four and Afe's daughter Miriam was five. They were thrilled to see the long pink dresses and little white baskets that Susan brought home for them. Even Esther received a pink dress, though she wouldn't be in the wedding procession. Thomas thought it would be the perfect time to invite his mother, Nadia, which she gladly accepted. Her response was to send us money for new clothes. She told Thomas that he must buy himself a suit, tie, and dress shoes. For the special occasion, I bought my first maternity dress in an olive green velvet. Thomas was hidden away in his office upstairs, working on his first sermon for a marriage ceremony. At Living Waters, we had watched a couple of outdoor weddings where Jim Durkin did the ceremony. That was the only example that Thomas had to follow. He was familiar with the Bible's teaching on marriage, and maybe he also looked back at the marriage song we wrote. You can find that story in episode 30 titled, Harmony of Marriage. It was allowed for Thomas to officiate the ceremony in the church, though he had not yet been ordained as a pastor. In Germany, the only official marriage certificate you get takes place at the Standesamt, the civic center. Couples usually go to the civic center a few days before the church service. Our neighbors must have been surprised on the day of the wedding to see us coming out the door all dressed up, the bride, the women, and the children in fancy dresses, and the men in dress shirts and ties. We had such a wonderful day together with music and dancing. This was the first time we had an event that didn't take place in the Trudering House. Since I have mentioned Nadia, I decided to add a few excerpts from a tape that I recently found. It was recorded at an earlier date when she had come to visit us. Thomas asked her if she was brave enough to talk to my parents in English. It begins with Thomas and I, and then Nadia had her turn. You can get an idea about what was important at that time in her life as a new widow.
1: You know me sitting here with crossed legs in a big chair. She said she just wanted to talk to you. I don't know how much she's going to talk if she just sits here. But she really wants to talk to you. She's really pretty. She's grown a lot. She's getting bigger.
2: Like, she's always talking about Grandma Gainer and Grandma Van Dorn, and now she's getting to know Grandma. And at first, you know, she was a little shy, and now today... I don't know if you were here, but I was talking to Thomas... She was sitting by Grandma, and she was. She went, "I oh, love you. Love, Grandma. <laughs> she gets all lovey-dovey. And sometimes when I'm getting her dressed or she's getting ready to go bye-bye with Grandma, she tells me that she likes Grandma. And she's going to miss her when she goes. She talks about you guys a lot, too, and she's going to have to get on this tape some
3: more, sing some songs for you. Hello dear family. Now I am ready and I would say to you that we are here all very happy and this year I have uh, made uh, ein, ein a diaconic course. A deacon course. A deacon course. I want the work of diakon, diacon. Deacon. And therefore, uh, I, I learn uh, cook and I learn a diet cook, a diet, a diet dieting, cook. dieting cook. I learn more from a nurse and the important, I can speak with poor people, uh, they are lonely and, and they have not the right way to Jesus. That's for me the important, and that I hope when i more grown up that it is possible that I can give... Weiter, right, go on. Pass on. Hmm? Pass on. Pass, pass on. Many, many greetings, and I think every day... I think at you, and I pray for you, and God bless you all. See you later, and now Thomas is coming. The little one, Esther, is on his
0: lap. Then Thomas starts talking about deep things with his daughter on his lap. It seems that both of our little girls were hearing about God from a very early age, at some points in the recording, you can hear the airplanes that flew over our house. He described our team intrudering as an arrow that had been shot over to Germany and Europe. He said that he believed there was a spiritual significance to us coming at that particular time.
1: Here's Esther right next to my little, to my breast. And she is really big. I just flashed on her yesterday when I was looking at her. I was flashing back on uh, last year last Christmas with Naomi and uh, just realizing man she's a little girl she's a little she's a little grown-up person yes stuff she's getting big how to approve as a minister of God in much one thing he says is in much prayer and in much fasting and uh we're finding out that there are different kinds of prayers. There's the prayer of supplication and the prayer of intercession. There's all kinds of prayers and we're, we're, just, we're just exploring and it's being opened up to us what it means to be a warrior, that there really is a warfare going on. And, and Paul and all the other apostles and whatever it talks about in the Bible is, is really is, is something that's going on all the time in the Spirit. We're not battling against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers, and God's just kind of opening up to us that that He wants us to make fasting and real prayer, real prayer, groanings and travailings a real part of our life, and it's so exciting because it's so totally beyond our imagination, our own understanding, our mind. And as I see it, as I perceive it, and as we all do, it's just, it's just vast, exciting what God has for us as a body, as believers, as Christians. What does it mean to be a Christian? And the things that are going to happen on this earth in the way He's going to glorify Himself It's going to be glorious. Boy, we're one family, and we have one purpose, to exalt Jesus Christ on this earth.
0: So with that background, our normal daily life continued. It was spring and we were expecting our next baby at the beginning of September. We decided to use a small room that was empty, which was next to our bedroom. I asked Thomas if he could build a changing table for me and hang up shelves. Afie gave me her German style red wooden cradle. I made a new curtain to drape over it and painted a small cupboard red to match it. After the table was finished, one of the brothers offered to paint it. I decided on the color light blue. There is a story about why I chose that color. According to something that took place in Nienburg, we were expecting this child to be a boy. Someone had even told us the name he should have. In those days, there were no ultrasound pregnancy tests, of course. But one day when I came home from a doctor's appointment, something unusual happened. I remember walking up to the gate of our house and having the thought, what if my baby is not a boy? What should I name it if it's a girl? Immediately, the thought came to my mind, Elizabeth. That evening, I told Thomas about my day and asked him what he thought he casually said, well, if we have a girl, that's a beautiful name. We were in agreement then. It was something that I hid away in my heart. It was just between us. No one else knew what we had been through. It's pretty amazing how supportive and trusting Thomas was towards me. He could have said, that's a ridiculous thought. The prophets in Nienburg told us we would have a son. The good thing was, it didn't really matter to him. It wasn't like he was longing for a son. He was too in love and fascinated by his little girls. We prayed that night, giving the matter to the Lord. As you heard Thomas on the tape with his second daughter on his lap, he referred to Paul's letters, saying we were learning to take prayer and supplication more serious. This was just another practical opportunity to do that. It wasn't about trying to hold on to any one scripture for our situation. We wanted to understand the depths of God's heart the way the Apostle Paul did. He wrote that we should practice the things that we have received and heard from his example. Paul admonished the believers in Philippians chapter 4 with this familiar verse, Rejoice in the Lord always. But he continues saying, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus." Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. It's extraordinary how powerful God's words can be to protect us from things like fear and worry. Here's a fun fact. My granddaughter and I are doing a weekly Bible study. I opened up to our next lesson to find that it's Philippians chapter four. Let's see what we can learn. In closing today, this part of our story is picking up on the continuing saga I talked about in two of my past episodes. To find out the details, you can scroll back to episode 58, missionary sacrifice and persecution. Here's a quote from that one. Basically, we were all left with some form of uncertainty and unrest. Concerning that couple who came to us in Nienberg in 1975, unfortunately, it took Thomas and I another five years before we found out who they really were. But that's another story for another time. So now, in today's episode 83, two years had passed since then. And here is another quote from episode 60, God's doings and home birth number two. I wrote, For the time being, I folded up the baby blanket with a Samuel verse and stuck it in the back of the closet. Well, that particular baby blanket was once again on the shelf in our new baby room at the Trudering House. Stay tuned for the continuing story. Bye for now, friends. Have a good week.